Welcome to Parallel Radio live here at the Eastern Curve Garden. And today we're talking about aging, but we're really thinking about the future of aging. So taking our experiences today and looking at what aging might look like in the future. So we have with us Charles. Good afternoon all. We have Liz. Good afternoon. We have Trish. Good afternoon. And Malcolm. Hi, good to be at Parallel. And Jess. Hello. So, um, I, the reason I um, chose this topic is because I'm actually working on a project. Uh, well, not really, but I've been asked to do a few things with a project with the Wellcome Trust. And they're kind of thinking about aging and the inequalities of aging and um, somebody when we were sort of thinking about this project somebody told me that the life expectancy of a baby born today is 120 and that kind of gives food for thought because it's like we've got a lot of years <laughs> now to contend with and so that really means that we're going to have to start thinking about aging quite differently and what a life cycle looks like so I guess to start with, I'd like to go around the table, and we're all different ages here, and we've all got different experiences, but, you know, every day we are growing older. We can't, we can't kind of avoid that. So, Charles, I'll start with you. What is your personal experience? When did you kind of realise that you were ageing, that you were getting older? Um, good afternoon. When I first got this um, fame, I was really excited, actually. I would say from about in my 40s, I started noticing some certain things I couldn't do as, you know, just e effectively. So I said to myself, well, I had to cut out some certain things, i.e. my drinking, my partying, I'm even you know, going about with friends and so on and so forth. So we shouldn't be scared of getting old. That's the main thing. After all, it is nature, and there's nothing one can do about it. Of course, there are a series of creams and tablets that says you can still look young in your old age. I say bravo, as long as it doesn't harm the consumer's health, i.e. distortion of skin or body metabolism as a whole. I applaud series of activities for older pensioners or senior citizens because majority of these people still have something to offer, i.e. by way of volunteering in the civil service or non-profit organization, etc., etc. Okay. Also, local communities coming together regularly as a way of meetings Charles. in the PPPA, that is um, patient Charles, we, we'll kind of look at the kind of bigger topic later, but I'm just getting a personal perspective. So, yeah. that personal moment yeah. in your 40s. Yes, you yes, I was just said to myself, well, I need to cut on certain things, i.e. my feeding habits, my life as regards to partying, food, food intake, and educate myself. And also, mm. actually, when I went... It, this really struck me actually when I went to my and I'm gonna go to uh, me I don't like going to the hospitals, but that's made me to be much more cautious about my health because there was this thing going on about leaflets going go, going for tests and all checkups and so on and so forth. I'm just I, mean, I just ignore it. But one of these, one of the days when I got when I went up, when I got for my annual checkup, I I saw this leaflet on the notice on the on the tablet on the on the table 
that says all people over 50s should go for um, checkups. I'm just talking about 51, 52 then. So I to myself, well, maybe this, this leaflet is speaking to me. Mm, okay, we'll come back to that. Go yeah. Liz? Um, I think that um, get, getting older, uh, as a, a child, I would see very elderly people, and my parents would explain that they couldn't see that well and things like that. And then um, it just didn't really impact upon me personally until I went along for... Um, and I, I said to my doctor, I wasn't feeling that good and um, something was wrong. And I think I was about like 55 or something then and he took my blood pressure as a r routine thing and he said, oh, that's a bit up. Better send you for blood tests. And I said, oh, cholesterol. And I just thought, oh, here we go. Here we go. And then seeing my parents and working out what was happening to them and thinking, oh, is that going to happen to me? <laughs> and uh, just fighting, you know, the weight and carrying on fighting the weight, even though Trish is there saying, no, don't have it, don't have it. <laughs> what about you, Trish? Um, I've never felt old until I got to 70. And uh, <laughs> um, I think it was um, a big changing uh, realisation in my life when I was 70. And up until then, I never felt old. And now I'm dealing with... Um, aging because um, I, I, I hadn't been very well when I was 70. I had um, problems with my back, a sciatic nerve, and I think the illness was too much for me. I didn't feel myself at all, and I'm very concerned now about these next years. I'm preparing myself, getting to be old, you know. And um, mentally, I still feel very young in spirit. And I'm just um, taking care of myself now because um, I realize that this next period is crucial for the next part of my life. I don't want to be ill, and I try to eat well, and I'm also uh, taking part in community activities. And um, yes, it's, um, it's a difficult period, I think, now for me, but I'm trying to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Great. Thank you. Malcolm. Uh, well, I must say that I, I sort of empathise with Trish about um, feeling um, spiritually quite young still at 70 um, and having a brain that still functions, which actually tends to make you forget actually how old you are. Um, and, I, and I think that's not a bad idea. Um, I, but to be very specific about two very quick points in my life, that first made me realize I was getting old or be more aware of, of, of the aging process. The first one was reading Rolling Stone, which is, um, I don't know, I'm sure people probably know about, but it is a, a very well-known music magazine, which I, I got from, uh, I think, started getting in the 1960s, really, when it started. Um, but when I f read it on this particular occasion, I didn't recognize any of the artists in the whole of the magazine. <laughs> That's when I first realized that something was going on in terms of my age and being really realistic about it. And the second one happened about um, six years later and where it was basically when I tripped over my nose hair. Yeah, that's about it really. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and Jess, obviously you're the youngest person 
here around the table. But is there a moment where you're, you've been conscious of, like, you're actually, you know, getting older and, uh, you know, there's, there's your, you know, a age is, is something to think about? Uh, yeah, definitely. So I'm 25. Uh, and I think I have been aware of being older in the last couple of years because I've stopped being... Basically, I feel like mentally or like societally, there's pressure on me now to have like a stable job, a stable housing situation, um, and be kind of moving somewhere, moving towards like having children, all of those kind of things. So I'm feeling a lot of expectations on me that, that I didn't have before when I was, say, like 21. So that's why I feel. Be careful of those expectations. <laughs> yeah. No, it's interesting because I, so I'm, a, I'm obviously a sort of in the middle. Um, and those expectations, but they seem to have shifted because I remember when I was uh, younger in my teens and early 20s, you know, someone in their 40s was like, they'd already kind of done everything and they should be already settled and they should have kids. And there was all, you know, you kind of think, well, that, you know, that, that's what you do in, that's where you should be at in your 40s. And I look at my peers around me and that's not necessarily <laughs> the case. Um, and I think, you know, there has been a shift in how, what the expectations are. So um, I don't think the same expectations of somebody in their 40s and 50s are there as, as you know, maybe a generation before. It's not at all. I don't feel like I'm kind of this in th at the same stage as my parents were at my age at all. It just doesn't feel like it's a whole different thing. But um, I also quite similar to Malcolm's experience I um, so I used to DJ in clubs so that's a very kind of ageist uh, space because it's young people go and dance and so I was entertaining people of my age at the time but I could feel as I was growing older the crowd was getting younger <laughs> and then it started to fit and then I started to have a think and I was like I don't want to be this kind of older lady uh, <laughs> making these youngsters dance. I felt, I felt a bit uncomfortable about that. I think it's absolutely fine. But at the time, I was feeling that kind of, yeah, the, shit, the sort of divide was getting bigger and bigger, and it, it kind of made me slightly uncomfortable. So that, yeah, that's my um, experience. So what are we, we've talked about our sort of personal experience. So... I've touched on this a little bit, but what about the expectations of society? So, you know, as you've grown older, you know, Jesse, you talked about this expectation of now, you know, you're in your mid-twenties, it's time to kind of sort it out. <laughs> get that career, get that house. And what expectations have people had of you? Or what expectations do you have of younger I, people? I think generally society expects you to, you know, to be much more at the, at the summit of your career or whatever. But it's not, never, not necessarily so at times because of certain things happens. Maybe having children or if you fall ill and so on and so forth. In my own case, I found, well, you know, my proposal about God disposes. I was thinking by the age of 20, 21, 22, I'll be married, settled, with children and everything. It doesn't really materialize. I found myself doing something, things, even I also be a barrister. But somewhere along the line, I found myself evangelizing, talking about the gospel of the Lord and so on and so forth. But from one point of view, spiritually, I think I find much more satisfaction in that. Probably 
if I'm being a barrister, I don't want to pull up a pond. Mm. Look, I'm a very outspoken person. I tell it like it is. I don't beat about the bush. I beat, I hold the ball by the horns. So that maybe that's maybe one of the things. But, and again, material, monetarily, I don't seem to, I don't look at, at things. I would say I've got, I can't boast of a pen in my bank account. But still, I'm very happy. I'm contented. So I thank the Lord for that, actually, because it's not very easy. Because people have, Series of people have been asking me, how all is you're born here, all is here, you haven't graduated, you can't boast of a degree, just one. I will not much more even more intelligent than me. So I've got a series of degrees. You I don't compare notes. I see myself when I just you know, strive to, I, know, I, I follow my I follow the promise of the Holy Spirit. That's my point of view. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you might be thinking, oh, this is where you, this way you plan it. But it's the master planner. Yes, his own plan is very very perfect and accurate. So, but something, yeah, I know you have to have money, but if I pay my bills, I'm, I'm still confronted, contented, that's the main thing. You know, okay. so uh, lovely. Thank you. What, any, any other sort of thoughts about expectations or the things that people expect from you, but also what you expect from other people, you know, at different ages? I don't know. I'm sort of, that sounds like a, a kind of, planning like do it do I make did I make plans I I made a plan not to have any children I would sit and read the Guardian and read about these women ha handling work and children and laugh and people in the staff room went home and cooked dinner for their kids as well I thought how did he do it and then uh, I kind of found out I I looked on it as the roar of the DNA you might think it's very sensible not to have a child um, so that that child's going to get old and use up the world's resources. But nonetheless, you do go ahead and have one. And that is really strange. So you is know. that what happened to you? Yes. <laughs> really happened, I don't know. We just call it the roar of the DNA. But <laughs> so some, something inside you says, oh, actually, no, you are going to have one. No, it's, it's going to happen. So, so I mean... I was kind of more planned about it than other people, I understand. Perhaps a little cold-blooded, I don't know, but I didn't know. I, I think we're just all different, aren't we, really? Yes, yes. Mm. I, um, th that's the, the genes. They, they are all different. Sure. I think, if I remember rightly, the, the, um, by the time the genes have done their bit, you're actually no more related to the family you're born into than right. you are to the next-door neighbours. Right. That, right. That's the, ma the probability and the maths of it all. Don't ask me to explain it. I'm sure there's some people who will. I think there's a lot of karma. Karma? That's interesting. I, I, mm. I'm sort of going off the subject slightly, but I, um, I, I sort of feel like I have to get off my chest a bit of honesty, really. I, I, I wasn't going to come today. Mm -hmm. um, purely and simply because the first thing, and this is all to do with uh, my own assumptions and prejudice, of course, but nevertheless, I'd like to get rid of it, if you don't mind, on your radio station. Please and do. that is, I thought, there's nothing worse that I can think of than elderly people talking about getting old. I, I, I just couldn't think of anything worse. And I thought, what, what the hell is she up to? Why is she? And of course, what's happened is I've arrived here, and I'm the oldest person, and you have an incredible mix of ages here, which, of course, means I'm pleased I got over my prejudice, because it's not as, it, uh, as I thought it might be. Um, and the, the one other reason why it, that prompted me to come today, and that was reading today about, oh, um, I think his name is something like Sir Christopher Chop. I think that's his name. Um, and he's an elderly man, 
And I think you, if you all heard about what happened in, in, in the Commons about upskirting and the bill that was going through. Yes, yes. Um, and he was the guy, uh, the only person who um, objected to it. So the bill has now had got to take much longer and people are up in arms. Uh, uh, just briefly, just in case, upskirting are men that actually have, they use their mobiles in order to take photographs and, and videos of, of upskirts of, of, of young ladies. Um, and what crossed my mind was this, and that is the horror of this man objecting at first and my feelings about it and my attitude about it was very much like everything else um, I sort of up, up to today had read about it and the people were horrified. How can you object to this? How can you, how can you not think this is a good thing to do, to make it illegal uh, for men to do this? But as I kept reading, something else emerged for me. Um, and that was some of the language used against this man who happens to be elderly. Hmm. And he was called everything from an old duffer to um, Neanderthal to a dinosaur and to things I'd rather not say on, 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 on this radio program, but they mostly related to his age. And what crossed my mind was, if I were to turn around to one or two of the people that actually mentioned his age whilst disagreeing with him, as opposed to just disagreeing with him, um, but had to mention his age, if I actually talked about young people who I disagreed with, in the same way, and said, oh, that young blah, 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 people would object to it, because they would say, well, not all young people are like that. But in fact, the amount of stuff I've read today, you are entitled to think that all these opinions were, yes, you should think of, as a, a, of old people as being old duffers and dinosaurs. Um, anyway, I just thought, and that was another thing that prompted me to come today, and that is that even when people are wrong, why throw in other things? There was only one sensible, it seems to me, thing that was said by a woman. And she very simply said, what needs to be done is he just needs to be taken aside and had a quiet, have a quiet word with him. Absolutely. Meanwhile, I'm left with this horrible feeling of all these thousands of people that are using old people as a way of battering and, uh, and stereotyping. Right, I've got that off my chest. I'll go home now, should I? I think, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think you're right to bring up ageism because I think this is part of the topic. But I think it, it's a wider wider problem. Pauline's just arrived and yes, she's I'm, giving, I'm giving out free, free yeah, hugs. It's, it's a nice sort of abuse, really. This is just, <laughs> it's, it's known as the abuse of being cuddled around the shoulder and the head. And she'll sit down in a minute and let me go and I'll be able to breathe in just two minutes, I promise. <laughs> Thank you, Pauline. Um, but I think that's just a general kind of comments and internet, you know, when people don't agree with something, they will find anything. So if the person had been a woman, then it would have been about, you know, you know, sure. using lots of, you know, derogatory language about women about females, or, or yeah, sure. if the person had been sure. of a particular... But we need to grow uh, up, don't we? We yeah, need to get over all that stuff, I, you know. You know, you know. I, but, you know, people are small-minded yeah. and they'll use whatever they can, you know, whatever yeah, they yeah. can use to... Has technology promoted that, dear? <laughs> I, I, I think it's definitely made it easier because you right. can you can say whatever you want behind yes, the screen and people mm, yes. you don't have to kind of necessarily deal with the consequences. Sure. Um, Pauline, welcome. Yes. Welcome, Mike. I ah. mean, yeah. How are you doing? 
Yeah, not so bad. So we're talking about... Got a bad back, though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you've got to look after me, Lucy. We will. We will look yeah. after you. Um, we're talking about ageing. Yeah. And so far, everyone's given a personal experience of at what moment they felt they were getting older or they, they kind of were conscious of ageing. So do you want to share your Yes, I would. Yes. Hello, everyone in the world who's listening, who's not listening, but these topics, what we're speaking about, um, very interested to our lives, not just us on, in the radio studio, but also. When it comes, um, people are, see, when it comes to the younger version of people, they're looking down, criticize, undermine, and looking at people or getting on in life. Now, there, there is some important topics about this um, aging. Now, um, it's, aging is not about just, um, just sit down and just say, well, I'm finished now, my life is finished, my life is done, I'm just going to sit down and just get old and just ready to go in the box. No. Life carry on and goes on. Once we're alive, we can talk, we can eat, we can walk, we can communicate, we can love people. The most important thing in life is a lot of love. Your love can carry you through the world and carry you through your life because love is more like power. Now, with these young people now, they will say, you understand, oh, I don't want to look like that, um, that sort of um, dilooper woman or that dilooper man. No, but they don't know. They're looking worse than the lie, lie pooper. Oh, I don't you know what I'm saying. I'm making up all these. Uh, <laughs> I'll get some words in a minute. You know? yeah. But when you look at these younger versions of people, right, they look so awful than the older people. Calling. Because we Calling. as older people... Calling. Yeah. You've been drinking again. <laughs> See, that's what What? <laughs> <laughs> But I like, I like your uh, younger version of people. Um, I think that's a, an interesting way of looking at... Uh, so, you, you know, it's like they are a younger version rather than just young, young yes. people. Because well, they will get old, of course yes, they will. The younger version of people, which they're young adults, right? But there are a lot of... There's a um, younger version of the people and the older version of people, which we know as an older one... Um, should be setting a lot of example for the younger and speaking positive in their life and um, speak to them with positive words every time within their life to show them that look you see the life is good to live but it's how we're going to live that life because when we get older we can stand up next to a person which is 40 but you cannot tell the difference between a 40 and between a 20 because a 20 looks like in the pop could play a big part of about 60, 70, 80. Now, you put a 60-year-old or a 65 next to a younger version of people, how much of them have got that sort of a type of energy? The way how you speak, your personality, your character, and out and about. Many of these younger version of people, they're old before they could become young. And I'm not looking at a lot of these younger version of people because I speak to a lot of them. I was up the some um, somewhere in um, Allgate, and I was speaking to 
some younger, these are the young, the very young ones in the college. They interview me, I interview them in the radio studio. That's where I was. Now, they wanted to, they wanted to know a lot about me from a young, young age growing up. Now, when I'm speaking to these young, young adults, they're looking back at me and said, but how come she looked like this? Are we gonna look like her? That's what's going through their mind. No, there's... I'm just gonna stop you there, just so that we can get, keep the conversation going. But they love it, though. <laughs> there was all so... Hmm? Yeah. I'm sure they were. <laughs> I, it reminded me, actually, uh, um, well, I got hold of this idea of being cool and together and everything and it took me years to shake free of all that and and it really i think it was it rose out of copying my brother and then never really reassessing it and never having anybody really um, i think they i think there's a horrible danger of young people being um everybody being trapped in their age sets and th and that's a, a really really um unhelpful way to approach things and now i'm one of the one of the great things about getting on in life and carrying on talking and thinking and doing different courses and different volunteering and everything so i just can keep talking but i i would will tell people what i think about something that they've said you know but but in a way that is separate from them just to try and think well Nobody ever did that for me, so but I'm going to do it for them. <laughs> Perhaps I'm a bit tedious sometimes, but I particularly enjoy myself on pavements with young cyclists, they're often young, and explaining to them why I don't like it when they come up behind me, they don't ring their bell, and that they should not actually be there by law. <laughs> Somebody else can have a turn now. I got that off my chest. <laughs> Thanks. Actually, Trish, I'm curious about something, because you said you, you weren't really conscious of getting older until you were 70 and it was related to health so is there anything that's sort of pleasantly surprised you or, or thought you never thought about when as you were kind of um, going through life that actually is a positive thing that's um, about getting older or something that's been a, you know a nice surprise that you didn't think would happen um, um. I think I'm so young in spirit. I mean, basically, um, I love speaking with my grandchildren. I have a granddaughter of 21, and she just um, uh, thinks that I'm quite a with it grandma, actually, because I went skydiving about when I was 70. I dropped out of a plane, <laughs> and I had a video and sent it to them. And I think they talk about their grandmother as being uh, some kind of special, special spe speciality. But anyhow, I still want to do things, and therefore I, uh, I have to stop myself. I want to go, I thought about sailing. I did do a course in sailing, but I'm thinking, well, can I stand on the deck, and am I going to do it now? But uh, I still have lots of things I want to do in life. Uh, and um, yeah, I take it as it comes, really. I've, um, I've got a think, lot of positiveness. Do you think people give up? Maybe, yes, I don't feel like giving up. Um, no, I think a lot of people do give up, actually. Um, I think you, nobody's gonna do it for you, basically, and if uh, you do find your circumstances are as they are and you have to start again, or which is what I've had to do, um, 
you just get on with it because you have to you have to make the effort you can't just sit and feel that life has treated you badly and that you're all alone because you you can um, achieve a lot even when you're older but as as long as your health i mean i just dread the thought that i i couldn't leave the house and i would need um, someone to care for me because i don't want that uh, it does make cross my mind what will happen if i do need that and I guess my family would uh, help, but they're not here with me at the moment. And um, but I do think that they would help. I would go to my daughter probably. But at the moment, I, I'm, I'm self-sufficient, which is good. But I do feel for the people who who um, are not like you know have got problems and they aren't they're not mobile. You know, people stuck in in their apartment. They can't move. This is a bit terrifying and um, I think we have to help as a community uh, with those kind of people they need us you know to help mm. which is what I do I'm a volunteer um, um, as a compassionate neighbor and um, uh, we are it's a wonderful thing to do is to um, to be a kind of a, a helper yeah that's it can I come in with that yep can I come in a yep. little bit like this well, um, I've worked in the community for quite about 19 years with healthcare, and a lot of these people I've met people, not just in Hackney, I meet people all over London, Walton Forest, wherever. Okay, I've met people and I've met people. Many people speak with me, and I speak with them. And they're not feeling sorry for themselves. Some, quite a, a lot of them are feeling sorry for themselves. And a lot of them speak with me and tell me and said, look, while we was in the younger self, we wasn't thinking of how to care for ourselves. We believed that we we're going to stay 20 for the next 40 years or 100 years. Right? They have told me. And I listen to these kind of people. So some of these people are just, they put themselves into that. It's not what they say, it could happen to anybody. No. They put themselves because when they was younger and they was doing things, they wasn't taking care. They didn't business. They jump here, there and everywhere. And they wasn't concentrating, you see. Now, if I sort of um, sit down a little bit and concentrate into myself, then when I get older, I can show it now because why I did take care. There are people who've been to worse a illness and they're still here to do what they can do to help the others. Now, because I've been into that, a lot of that situation, being in a wheelchair, being in hospital, intensive care and all this, and I'm still here, can able to teach and to talk and to educate people a lot more that don't keep, keep saying, I'm getting on. Getting on where? When you're there, you get on. That's it. But we're not in that area now. What we are, we've got breath breathing. We're talking. We're walking. So now, if I see somebody in the, we used to say neighborhood. We don't say neighborhood anymore. We say community. Community is just people. We used to say neighborhood is more powerful, more stronger. And then, you know, sometimes they don't know. And then if you give them a little tip and tell them how they should 
you know, you cannot change their lifestyle, but then you can give them a little tip and say, well, I didn't know that this could have happened. I didn't know this could have happened. But you see, a lot of the, of the younger ones, they didn't think, my God, I was going to grow up and grow up and grow up. No. Sometimes they just sit and say, well, as she said, um, they sit down, they just sit down and just cannot be bothered, which I find the younger version of young people are very lazy. And they're not going to think of saying, you know what? Let me do what I can, but I will still take time out and do what I can. Pauline, so I think I get older you, you brought up actually a good point about responsibility. Can I just, I just want to say one thing. Um, I think that's really interesting because often we, especially now, we, we've, we've got this aging population and we hear, you know, on the news and there are articles and the kind of, there's policy um, happening all around us saying, what are we going to do with all these older people? We don't know what to do. And there's a sense of responsibility where it's like what Pauline was saying is that, you know, we have to also take responsibility that we are going to live longer and we are an aging population and we are going to have, uh, be surrounded by older people. So it, maybe it's something to look inwards rather than kind of saying it's it's up to you know policy makers or politicians to help us with that i'm putting it out there so what what are your thoughts about may that? i just come in quickly yeah. not only politicians can help solve the problems we as community mm -hmm. or neighborhood can help by enlightening some of these people it's either through ignorance that they don't know it, i would call you see age is just a number i've been serious of people they're in their 80s, 90s. You even recognize them. And they say, what's it not strong? The way they converse, the way they do mm. things. It's quite amazing. I think so. with education, you have to online some of these people. They think um, life is just for take. It's not so. You have to do things accordingly. Life is give and take also. Yeah. Do unto others as you yeah. wish others to do unto you. So, Jess, you, you um, have this podcast called Now Then, which is, you know, life stories of people over 70 so you've talked to, to a range of different people is there some is there a sort of have you made any observations or sort of commonality of people who are like as they're older they're kind of enjoying life or or maybe stepping back and what what have you noticed with the people that you've interviewed um i think maybe two things um i've actually forgotten your name malcolm malcolm you were saying earlier about expectations of old people with that news story and I, th I think that um, from the people that I've met on my podcast, m they all have a really broad spread of political views. And I think that's like one of the main, when people, when I talk to people my age about the old people that I hang out with, they always say, oh, are they all conservative? Are they all very religious? There's like certain things that people think old people would believe in or would yeah, have in their identities. Sure. And that's proved to be untrue for me. And I think the other thing, which is interesting that Liz was talking about, I think the people that I've met that don't have children um, generally could have had really good, happy lives and have a really nice time, but are generally more lonely because our society has become less community-focused. Um, is, is pardon? Jess, is that your opinion or, or the opinion of the people um, phoning in? Uh, so that's just from my experience. I've d that's what I've noticed. Cause of what, I feel of like lonely people who don't have children? Of the people that I've met... It's easier to be surrounded by your family if you have a bigger family, and we have less structures right. in place right. now in society right. that would help bring single people into a community. So older people that don't have 
those things are more vulnerable. Is that, is that vulnerable to being lonely? And, and I think so, yeah. Right. So what do you so, think? And, and where does character come into it? I mean, I mean, I mean for instance... That's really interesting, I mean, actually. Well, I mean, I mean, for instance, I'll give myself as an example. Yeah. I don't have family. I didn't even when I was young. I just had a mother. No, I have no extended family, and I've not had children or, or, or any other family until ever, and I'm 74. You've got me... Oh, I've got Pauline, of course, <laughs> so, as, as a backup, always. And I mean backup in its nicest way. Um, and, and it seems to me that I've, I mean, I've come across people that are uh, in a similar situation to me, yeah? But they've gone under. I mean, both psychologically, physically, um, in all sorts of ways, they've, they, they have given up. Yeah. Yeah? Because they don't have backup, you know, they don't have family, they don't have children, they don't... So we had that in common. But there is a difference. There is a difference, it seems to me, and this is not being sort of um, a, a flash or, or, or saying I'm in any sense better. It's to do with, though, ultimately, a sort of sense of character, a sort of what sort of decisions you... Being realistic about your situation and then making certain choices about what you're going to do. Yeah, I think this is a really interesting generational difference, actually. Um, I think people over, maybe over 55 or 60, generally have this belief that you, it's the kind of like stiff upper lip, you should look after yourself, you should be responsible for your own actions. And to an extent, I definitely well, agree why, with that. Hold on. Okay, I'm, I'm really sorry to interrupt, but That's what okay. do you mean stiff upper lip? That sounds to me like a, an incredibly old-fashioned statement to make about modern-day older people. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. there is a very small minority of um, sort of army-type men and old men and women that have a sort of stiff upper lip. But basically, no, older people that cope and who, who are actually independent are, going back to what Trish was talking about before, quite cool. Oh, definitely. They're not stiff upper lip. Definitely. I guess In fact, what I don't I mean know who, that, who you're applying that to. I guess what I mean is you say um, this sense of strong character, but I guess the thing that my generation thinks is that even if you are more shy or you have fallen under, as you said, my generation is more, I guess, believes that, that we should, as a community, help each other rather than call right. someone, have, like, say that someone has a weak character because they're struggling. Do you see what I mean? Right. No, I, I understand that. But, I mean, there are, there are even sort of quite basic things, I mean, th that are missing in the, the, the sort of social structure that actually you're talking about and we're all talking about in, in terms of community. Again, I'll take myself as an example because it's unfair if I talk about other people and <laughs> other elderly people. Um, as confident as I am and as together as I am and as cool as I think I am... <laughs> Actually, if I were to have an accident at home, if I were to have a heart attack, or if I were to fall down or weren't able to move, or if I died at home, there is no one in, in society, actually, that would have made a phone call to find out how I am. So we actually haven't got that far, even with people as confident as me. Now, what about the ones that are not as confident as me, yeah, yeah, yeah. who live alone, who don't have family, don't have children, and are not checked on? I mean, that seems a sort of pretty basic thing for society to actually do. And it, it's not like it's going to cost a lot of money to make a phone call once a year, but we haven't even got that together. And we want to talk about the bloody future? Well, exactly. Well, That's what I was going to bring up. So this role of society... And the future is really interesting because we do put a lot of pressure on, you know, I'm, I'm sort of doing inverted commas around society because, you know, what is the role and what, you know, we're looking at the sort of 
responsibilities i guess and and you know what what pressures what responsibilities can we put on society and what are we supposed to be doing ourselves Trish, you've got something to say i think friendship is very important it's your friends who will look after you because they will phone if they don't hear from you for a, a while they will phone to check and basically friendship is very important uh, i think because family is uh, is something if you haven't got it then you have to uh, i think uh, i can't see that uh, um, People would just leave me. I think people would phone if they hadn't heard from me and just check me. So basically, it's very important, I think, to be in a kind of community of friends. And I think that's what we're trying to do in these uh, in the city now. You know, um, we are befriending the old people that are, are alone, and um, this is what we do in a voluntary. Um, and I think this is this is the way it's going to be. You know, yeah. for the future. I mean, we're not. We, it's, it's not right that, that that you could just be left. Uh, there must be friends that would care for you. This is what is caring, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I've always been very grateful for the volunteering opportunities, and I've met people through that and enriched my life. So they called giving back, but I'm receiving as well because um, people are expecting me to turn up. And that's one thing. And I think that's the thing about the people who are housebound is, is it's all ages. There are loads of people of all ages who are trapped inside their flats. You know, and that's, that's something, you know, kind of difficult to overcome because, you know, how, how do you get through to people to say, yeah, we'd like to come and see you. Maybe they're too frightened to have people in their flats. And so it goes on. It's really difficult. I mean, the stiff upper lip is more like not showing people what you believe, what you what you think, and uh, what your needs are, and that's a very tricky one, you know. Well, we all have a sense of pride as well, and mm. it's it's be showing that you're in need and you're vulnerable is, for, you know, it's not an easy thing for for anyone. I think. Mm. May I just come in quickly? Yeah. Um, what this boils down to is love one another, support one another. You don't have to come from any certain area to do this. You have to come together as one. Nowadays. It should be. It should just just be churches or politicians. It should be neighbor. It should be people. Just mankind generally, mm -hmm. loving one another, supporting one another, and so forth. Sharing and caring. That's that's what is missed from society nowadays. You don't see people going to the neighborhood saying hello, hello, how are you, and so forth. That's missing nowadays, which is wrong. <laughs> we have to. I think you have to enlighten the people generally. Mm -hmm. To basics. Um, to I'm to just going to, uh, I put him on the spot a little bit, but I'm just going to take this opportunity because Hector's just joined us and he's actually working on this uh, project with the Wellcome Trust. Yeah. Do you want to just explain what it is that you're doing? Yeah, um, so hey, I'm Hector and we are uh, running a project which started just uh, about this January and it's finishing in a kind of installation at the Barbican next February and it's pretty broad and when I say it, it's going to sound a bit like what are you going to do with that is it's a project which is looking at the process of aging sorry it's a, pro it's a project which is looking at the process of aging and what this means um, and how we can try and change the how we reimagine aging like from my perspective um, from my generation I've got to be honest aging seems like something that's so far off that I almost don't see it happening I can't really I've had a lot of um, 
family and relatives and I've seen like the extreme end of aging, you know, but like it still feels like something that's I'm not going to go through. And um, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, a, it, as you're saying, it's like the one thing that everyone shares. It's a life process. It's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> we were your age, I don't think we could have imagined it either. Okay, so you're not alone. Yeah. And I think it's that it's that what we I mean, so there's you know, there's lots of us in the company, well it's three of us, and we all actually are from a different generation. There's Melanie who's just turned sixty of them, I shouldn't say this, and then like Sarah who's you know, just got young children, there's me and we're all approaching it from different levels. Um, and so what we're trying to do, yeah, is create a narrative and create stories that try and explain it really and break down the sense of like barriers around aging and also portray that it's obviously massively spread out across the spectrum and everyone's got a different story there's certainly not one way of aging there's certainly not one way to age um, but there's something that really interested me about your project which was the differences I guess um, there's a big research project mm, mm. Um, about how aging really do it, you know, there's a big difference um, depending on your kind of social background yeah, and yeah. your resources. Yeah. And, you know, and we're going to feel that more and more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, what can you just explain yeah, what yeah, that yeah. is? Yeah, we're working with, um, there's a thing called Linkage, which is, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's all across Camden, and they, I think they have 1,600 people signed up to it. And it's, a, it's like a new way of uh, um, researching aging in a population across the whole thing and Camden's got a very diversified neighborhood and they feel like it's quite a good way to understand like broader demographics. And Dan, who's a doctor who leads on it, says that, I guess we've always known this, because like, aging is like the magnifier of your life journey to what you get there. And he's like, it is, the process is really, really built around social inequality and you can typically age in relation to what is available to you or what hasn't been available to you. And he's like, if you want to see how a society looks after people and if there is equality, it's look at how different people age because it's not just individual moments that um, leads to it. It's a sort of, it's a whole build-up of your life. Um, so I think one thing we're really trying to communicate is that, yeah, there's a massive spectrum of how we age and also it's likely going to get even more separated. I, I, I think um, both you and I'm sorry, I've forgotten. Jess. And Jess, both mm. you and Jess, who must mm. be the youngest people here. Yeah, 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 must yeah. be. Uh, it, 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 I'm with 100%. I think the only way, I, well, no, not the only way, but it seems to me that one of the most important ways to actually for people to understand the aging process and to change things for an older generation and for the future is actually for your generation to be having a dialogue with an older mm, generation. Mm, mm. That's why I said right at the beginning when I came, the one reason why I didn't, when I thought of not coming here today was I thought everyone here would be uh, an older person. Mm, and I don't mm. think that's the way to change. Mm, I think mm. we would all have opinions, mm. but opinions don't change things. It's dialogue and it's debate. But specifically, I, I believe the way that, that it, it realistically could, would, would happen and can happen would be with a younger generation yeah. who come to it with a virgin mind, in a yeah, sense, yeah, yeah, with yeah. no preconceived ideas, with mm. no prejudices, mm, with just mm. an openness of mind. Mm, uh, mm. And, it's, and it's us actually, that will probably come to it with a slightly closed mind, yeah. uh, because that's what tends to happen at times. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, I mean, I think the, 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 the age generations, cross generations, is, is the thing that for do the future. You, do you think there are enough spaces for generations to interact? No, absolutely not. 
So I think there are groups. I think there are groups of elderly people, and I think there is advice given, and I think there are opinions um, ad nauseum. But I don't, not in my, I haven't come across, and I, I, I try and explore as much as I can. But I've not come across many uh, groups where it, it's the different age groups that really appeals to me of people of our generation in their 60s and 70s having debates and discussions and an exchange of ideas and opinions with a, which are much, yes, I when I say younger generation, I don't mean people in their 40s and 50s, I mean people in their 20s. Mm -hmm. I think that, that's vital because that's a sort of, it seems to me a sort of fresh, a freshness and a, mm. uh, you know. Yeah, and I think there's this assumption that they're not interested and I don't oh, well, actually I think, may I just come in, madam? Yeah. I wouldn't say they're not interested. You have to educate some of these people. For example, I was at a meeting a couple of, before the election actually, I told some of these certain, they came to my um, project saying, oh, most of these young people, they don't, they don't want to engage, they want to do things. You have to enlighten them, educate them, target them from 16 to 25. Now, most of these people are into politics. They want to hear more, they want to, you get engaged, you want to know more about politics. For they think initially mm. it's only for the grown-ups. So it's how can body. we how can we encourage intergenerational? Yeah, by having forums, by educating them, by you know, teaching them mm. enlightening them That sounds like a bit like we're gonna do this. To no, no, you. Um, no, no, we're not stuff um pontificating or trying to sort of you know, we're just telling them like you no know, bring them in and let them know, maybe to schools or having mm. forums, maybe weekly or monthly. Okay. Has anyone else got any uh, ideas? Can I just say something? Yeah, I just wanted to say, um, coming on just a little topic, what um, um, Jesse said, what about um, the family part and the family business. I won't go miles away, okay? I'll stay here. Well, you see, when it comes to, well, I will talk about family people. I can... I'm, I'm a great experience when it comes to this, a great, great experience. I've got seven sisters, so can you imagine? No, my mother part gone under at the age of 42. Mm. She would have about 30 grand. No, and um, they probably two brothers or so. But I cannot say I've got family. I cannot say that. Even my own, what come from my belly, and don't come from my belly, I cannot say that. I was not larger the year before when I got ill. I dropped down, mash up on my face completely. There was no one. I managed to call one about five o'clock in the morning. I called and I called and I called and I, and I said, oh yeah, there's a little voice. I was, I was just ready to die. And he said to me, mom, have I got come there and I said, okay, bye-bye. Speak to you next time. And then that was it. My face, my eye was down. I was down. I could, I could hardly talk. And I was walking like a woman just coming from the grave or something. You hear me? Now, I cannot say I'm speaking with experience around me, with experience around me. And I'm sure people are listening to this in the world, what we're talking to now. I'm always on my own. If there's anything happened to me whatsoever, God eat my soul. Because I go out and I create the sun. I create doors. Did you say God eat my soul? 
Well, he helps my soul. Oh, he helps you. Oh, right. Okay. No, no, no. Yes, yes. I mean, yes, no, I like that. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting um, expression. Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. Yeah, right. God eats my soul sometimes. I'm telling you, my doctor, I know him when he was 24. He's 69 now, getting on for about 90. All right, my doctor. My doctor always, he just wanted me to talk to him all the time. He said, what an interesting woman. When he said to me that I've never seen, he seen me in wheelchair, could not walk. He seen me in intensive care, you understand? No one around me. I'm on my own all the time. If something happened to me now and I call, I don't hear no one whatsoever. What would be in my life, I create my own family wherever I go. I create. I've got Malcolm as my family. So they give me his phone number. This is me. I'm very straightforward. I'm very upfront and so forth. This advice was filling out a form for me. He said, You've got daughters? I said, No, I haven't got any daughters. Go and create them. Which I did. I create and I put their name to paper. So I cannot say that I've got seven grands. I had them from when I was very young. Well, you can't stop the boys going around with girls, can you? How are you going to stop that? You, you don't, you don't, I don't carry their things in my pocket. I'm a purse. Yeah, I don't carry those, their stuff, what but they carry. Have changed, madam. No, I don't carry the bags, what they're carrying. Okay. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I cannot say I can call and one to come and say, give me a glass of water. No. They've never slept in my home. They've never come and say, I'm going to even take my granny out. They've never said, well, granny, how are you? They don't call me. They're not close to, they're not with me. So if these mothers was a caring and loving mother, they say, no, that's not right. That's not fair. With me, I do not business. I've got people like... But that, I think that's the thing, Pauline. You've created very much your yes. own family and you have got people that, mm. you know... So if uh, you want to be my daughter, Jack, yeah. I, yes. Oh. I had a boy from Ireland, okay? He used to be an, um, an actor in his... Is it Kanish? The other one where they talk, make up stories. Easter? Easter. East Ender, right? Oh, yeah. Harry, he was lovely. He hugged me and he's got his own room and everything. But he spoke to this. I have to, yeah. when I cook, it just, I don't want to do that. It's lovely. <laughs> yeah, you know? Pauline, yeah, you, have, you have a lot of men friends, don't you? Because they love me. Oh, right, yeah. right. No, I understand yeah. that. I love the men. I understand that. A lot of female friends, too. But, you see, when it comes to friends, friends, I don't have them close to me, because they'll hurt me. Ah. They will hurt me. I'm looking for the ones who I can sit with, talk with, communicate with. Mm. Because I like to speak constructively, so yeah. I can put something back in their life. It keep us going, keep them nice, keep them strong, keep them young, so they can wriggle and do all sort of yeah. things. But with my life, my GP doctor tell me he wants me to write a book out my life oh. because you have gone through too much in life with no one. That would be a bit racy, wouldn't it? No, no. I mean, interested in people. A book of your life, Pauline. You, you expressed. You 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 expressed. What the, like, the sociologists talk about, of people being just on their own. Just, just, you're, ju you're just um, a little atom, and, and everybody, everybody else is little atoms as well. So, so what's holding us all together, you know? 
And I'm thinking, yeah, that's the NHS, that's your GP. He's giving you something that should have come from your family, but it's not. But I'm and, giving him two. That's the isolation. Sure, you're, yeah. you're, you're making him think, this, this, this is my job and you're, this is what I, I can do. You know, that the, the relationship is there. It's I the think, relationship. Yeah, yeah, well, I've got a strong relationship yeah. with him. Yeah. But also we're not Pauline. speaking about jobs or whatever, because you love to talk to him and I love to talk to him. Yeah. We fight sometimes a lot. But then, he sh is, you see, because he know me from young, and I know him from he's a young man. Yes. So, oh, what is happening? I haven't seen anyone sit next to me coming. If yeah. I'm walking limping, you see all that. Yeah. I think you made a really good point, Pauline, that mm. you can you can't choose who your family is, but you can you can't choose who you were born to, but you can make your own family mm. through the people around I've you. I've always made them, and that's really yeah, powerful. I've always made them, always made them wherever I go because the family around me, you understand, they're not very nice, and I don't. The world, listen to me, world. I'm speaking <laughs> to you, Hallelujah, right? But I'm I'm honest. Mm. I'm not going yeah. to pretend. Yeah. I want. Because we're running, this is a radio pod. It's a pod. Yeah, yeah no, no, no stiff upper lip, just out there saying it. I, I think that's a, we, we've actually got, time is nearly up and we've got to finish. So I just want a final word from everyone, starting with Malcolm going around this way. Oh, well, it's simple. I, I think uh, this has been the world of Pauline, really. It's according to Pauline and I agree with Pauline completely, even though I have no idea what she's talking about. Yes, you do. Come with me. I think she said some wise things, actually. Yes, give him some special attention. I just want to say something about North London Cares, which is a community centre which um, has come my way. It's wonderful. They, they invite the old people with the young, and we have young people all the time who are volunteers, and, and it's, it's amazing. They really do a great job because it's so nice to be with young people. And they, they do excursions, they do events for, for, for the older generation, and there's always the young ones there. They're all young volunteers. And this is the way I think that we, uh, this is great. This, I, I love young people. I like, to, I like to speak with, I don't go to events where it's all old people. It drives me nuts with the, yellow, the blue rinses and the, the chat chat. I, I, I'm a bit like Malcolm on that score. <laughs> Thanks, Liz. And I'd like to, to add that you actually got to start from the birth of the child and how the family is around them and how the family includes them and how they encourage them to speak out. Because you have a child speaking out, I think you have a teenager, and in each year, age set, you'll have somebody speaking up for everyone. Mm. Thanks, Liz. Um, Pauline, brief? Last well, word. That wasn't brief. <laughs> Everything is me brief, man. You, you show them what brief means, then. <laughs> <laughs> well, good afternoon again. It's me. They tell me to, you know what I mean? Our editor, our manager, my manager, our manager. See, I've got to be brief. What have I got to say brief? Brief is when blah, 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 blah. What can I say in brief? Right. You see, my life is loving people. I'm a people person. I love people. Whether they're old, whether they're dark, whether they're dissed, whether they're young. My life is for people. I love to see people get on, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent. People is people. Live it up, people. Don't sit down and talk about and waiting to die. Drink all the tea you want. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you, Pauline. Charles. 
Brief, Brief and concise, of yes. course. Age, from one point of view, age is just a number. Just enlighten the people and make love the order of the day. Make the love, make love the watchword. Thank love. you. You can carry that conversation on afterwards. Um, Hector. Being very, very quick, I just yeah. want to say thank you very much. And from my perspective, this is exactly what it's about. Like, I've learned so much in 15 minutes already, and listening to your stories and listening to your points of view is already really, really illuminating. So thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Jess, any final words? Uh, yeah, that was really fun. Thank you for speaking with me. <laughs> Thank you everyone for participating, discussing, being open-minded and we will meet again next month. Thank you everyone. You've got a beautiful voice.